0: St. Mary the Protectress Ukrainian Orthodox Parish invites you to join them for church services, Saturdays at 4 p.m. and Sundays at 10 a.m. Stock up on homemade pierogies and pies and enjoy their monthly pierogi suppers. St. Mary's Ukrainian Orthodox Parish, 594 Carlsway in Parksville.
1: Embrace the Ukrainian culture, music, food,
0: and dancing
1: at the 51st Annual Canada's National Ukrainian Festival, July 29th to the 31st in Dauphin, Manitoba. Purchase your weekend pass right now for only $95. If you wait, you will pay more at the gate. Day passes and camping passes are also available. Call toll-free 1-877-474-2683. For more info, go to cnuf.ca and like CNUF on Facebook.
0: The Visna Ukrainian Dancers of Nanaimo invite one and all to their annual year-end concert Sunday, June 5th at the Malaspina Theatre on VIU Campus with special guests, the dancers of the Latin Society of Nanaimo. Showtime is 2 p.m. Tickets are $10 for ages 12 and up, five for children aged 6 to 11, and free for kids 5 and under. Tickets available from Jean at 250-758-1561, the Firehouse Grill in downtown Nanaimo, or on Facebook, Visna Dancers Nanaimo. You are listening to CHLY 101.7 FM in Nanaimo hold that pierogi and that polka you don't have to speak ukrainian or be ukrainian to get in touch with your ukrainian canadian roots just tune in to Nash Hollis ukrainian roots radio and join me paulina for the latest news from ukraine great contemporary and traditional ukrainian music folklore and factoids for the culturally curious Nash Hollis ukrainian roots radio wednesdays at 11 a.m to 1 p.m here on chly 101.7 fm in the nanaimo And Katya Buti- Butchinska from Ukraine with a song called Aunas Naukrini, basically at our place in Ukraine Dobry den na so, we have radio, and we have a lot of people tak, are watching the radio, and we have a Na of people who are watching the radio, and a lot of people who are watching and Hello there, and welcome to Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio, coming to you live from CHLY 101.7 FM in Nanaimo. I'm your host, Pavlina demchuk macquarie Pokadinska Pavlina. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We've got a great show for you today, and Oksana will be your host in the second hour. So we'll be bringing her on at 12 noon for the Ukrainian language version of Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio. So stay tuned for all of that. She's got some very interesting stories about Ukrainian culture, uh, Ukrainian current events, and uh, so we'll be hearing from her once again at 12 noon. As well, in this hour, we'll have our usual recipe, a special feature on uh, Nadia Safchinkov, Sof- who has been released the pilot that was captured illegally by the Russians and held uh, in a prison, convicted of crimes she didn't commit, has been uh, released is in Ukraine now. She was released in exchange for two Russian citizens who were imprisoned in Ukraine. So we've got um, commentary all about that, courtesy Ukraine today. As well, we'll have our usual proverb of the week, other items of interest and great Ukrainian music. And coming up next is um, another find from YouTube, fairly recent. This is f- um, from an artist who goes by Luku, or his name is Dimitrovich, Sepeluk and here he is now with um kind of um f- ethnic fusion sound Oi Jesus Maria
2: Що то вчора було, як їх звати, де їх хата, всього позабули. Ой, Єзус Марія, що то вчора було, як їх звати, де їх хата, всістко позабули. Гарні хлопці були й лісоруби, всі хлопаки з здорові як дуби. Ой, Єзус Марія, що то вчора було, як їх звати, де їх хата, всістко позабули. Ой, Єзус Марія, що то вчора було, як їх звати, де їх хата, всістко позабули. Wszystko zapomnieli, О, гроші хлопці всі попропивали, Марно ліс весь день рубали, найби доростало. Ой, Єзус Марія, що то вчора було, Як їх звати, де їх хата, всістко позабули. Ой, Єзус Марія, що то вчора було, Як їх звати, де їх хата, всістко позабули. just
0: with Sylvia Molnar, tips for
3: Ukrainian cooking. Hello, here comes one of the most delicious and easy fish recipes I know. It's fish baked in sour cream. You'll need the following ingredients, so get your pencils ready. Three pounds of white fish. It could be snapper, cod, bassa, which is a type of catfish, or halibut, cut into serving pieces. One onion, finely chopped. One medium carrot, diced. One stalk of celery, diced. Salt and pepper. One and a half cup sour cream at 14% or full fat. Generously salt and pepper the fish and allow to stand for five minutes. Place the fish in a baking pan with the vegetables. Pour the sour cream over the fish and cover Bake at 450 degrees for about 9 to 10 minutes per inch of thickness. Strain the sauce and pour over the fish. And by the way, if you can find sturgeon, use it for this recipe. When I was newly wed, we used to fish for sturgeon in Mission. Oh, those were the days. We were very lucky, but also very naive. I'll never forget cleaning the sturgeons in Mum's backyard. Mum was on the porch witnessing all this and questioning why we were throwing away the eggs or caviar. Of course, we knew it all. We didn't need the caviar that was worth hundreds of dollars, as we discovered far too late. Oh, if we'd only listen to mum. The one thing about throwing away the roe was that it provided many, many laughs. We all know that variety is the spice of life, so try this recipe. It's great with steamed rice or mashed potatoes. Try it. It's Ukrainian. This has been Ukrainian Food Flare from the Holos Audio
0: Archives. You're listening to National Ukrainian Roots Radio on CHLY 101.7 FM in Nanaimo. I'm your host, Pavlina. Coming up next is a cover, an acoustic cover, of the winning Eurovision tune by Jamala, which is becoming... Very famously known around the world. Uh, the song, of course, is 1944. It is a st- song about Stalin's deportation of Crimean Tatars, which the world, um, really hasn't known much about and is just starting to learn about, uh, courtesy in large part to Jamala, and, uh, who is herself Crimean Tatar. And Oksana will be telling us uh, quite a bit more about it in her hour and um, for the Ukrainian Impaired uh, in future editions I'll be able to share some of that uh, information with you as well. This cover is done by an artist by the name of Danny McA- McAvoy and uh, he does not claim to, of course, speak Crimean Tatar well, but he does do um, not too bad part uh, job of that um, the the lyrics in the song. Here he is now with Jamala's 1944.
4: Strangers are coming, come to your house. Long and say, we're not guilty, not guilty, where is your mind, humanity cries, You think you were gods, but everyone dies, don't swallow my soul. But people are free to live alone, Happiest time, our time Where is your mind? Humanity, right? She think you are gods But everyone dies, don't swallow my soul
0: Now, the latest news stories from Ukraine, courtesy Ukraine's first international English news channel, Ukraine Today. Nadia
5: Savchenko, Ukrainian pilot and a member of parliament who was convicted and imprisoned in Russia, is back on home soil. Savchenko, who was illegally detained, charged, and sentenced by the Russian court, was exchanged for two Russian citizens convicted in Ukraine. Nadia Savchenko's mother and sister were on hand to greet her at the airport. The Ukrainian pilot's return to Ukraine was welcomed by European and North American officials. Nadia Savchenko spent nearly two years in Russian prison. She was kidnapped by Russian-backed separatist forces in the summer of 2014. The Russian court convicted Savchenko in March of 2016, nearly two years after her kidnapping
1: one ukrainian soldier is dead six others injured after a night of constant shelling ukrainian military reports that russian-backed separatist forces hit a village of shirok in the last night the militants apparently used heavy artillery weapons forbidden by minsk agreements the village of novotroitske was also hit by mortar fire from the side of the russian-backed separatist forces Grenade launchers were used overnight in the direction of Shastya. Avdiivka continues to be one of the hottest points since Russian backed militants shall the Ukrainian controlled town non stop.
6: The area near Holivka in Donetsk region is one of the hardest-hit zones, constantly shelled by the Russian-backed separatist forces. This is also where the Ukrainian army positions are located. And this is where we find Stas Stovban. This, at first glance, ordinary soldier is a legend among his peers. He is an example to follow. Despite anything, he protects his country and doesn't look for any excuses. But Stovban actually had an excuse. This young man was among the Ukrainian troops defending the Donetsk airport during the last week of the battle. He was severely injured when the terminal was blown up by the Russian-backed militants.
1: They dragged me out of the rubble. I remember I wanted to shoot back at the separatists. I lost consciousness. I think I bled
6: through the whole night. Stas was taken hostage by the enemy. Although he was eventually freed during an exchange brokered by the Ukrainian government, The soldier doesn't like to talk much about those days. His leg was amputated while he was in the custody of the Russian-backed separatists. But Stas says he got lucky that they didn't cut both legs off. Both
1: my legs were injured at the airport. One was amputated in captivity. Honestly, it's a sin to complain, because they were going to cut both legs off, but didn't.
6: Stas got fitted with a prosthetic in the hospital, and in just a month and a half he came back to the front lines. He assures that it is no reason not to continue with his military career. His mother, though, doesn't support his decision to return to the front.
7: I never thought that he would become a soldier, but when he was held hostage and was allowed to phone us, I remember he said that if he returns home, he will eventually return to the army.
6: though says a career in the army was always his dream. This is where he found himself, and he isn't willing to give up now.
7: Cleaning up and restoring forests across Ukraine. A public initiative is taking off in the western parts of the country. Thousands of new trees are being planted by activists and even journalists near the Carpathian mountains. It's no surprise that the activists chose exactly this forest, since two months ago it was being cut down harshly. Though no one was caught red-handed, the suspicious felling finished following the panic caused by locals. They cut down live trees.
6: It seems as if a whole piece of land underwent clearing. We cannot confirm if it is a criminal scheme unless there is strict proof. Our task now is to fix the situation and check if new trees are to be planted.
1: The public council works intensely to provide the full-scale inventory of such areas that lie close to the forest boundaries.
6: You know, those not having the general plan try to enlarge the village's territory by cutting away the forest.
7: The chief forester says they do a legal job. Trees are cut off on a massive scale on only when they are sick. New trees, for sure, are planted instead.
5: If
6: there are damaged plants, 60% of them are subject to clean felling to avoid propagation.
7: To check out if there is illegal felling in this forestry, the activists initiated environmental and military prosecutor inspection. Their conclusions are still to come. Dnipro without Provsk, one of Ukraine's largest cities, is swiftly
5: moving on from its Soviet past. The decommunization process kicked off on Monday. The city workers were hard at work starting right at noon, but some local residents were not happy with the change. Several even called the authorities, asking to protect the old city sign. Patrol police were on scene, but didn't intervene in the process. Although most are celebrating the shorter, non-USSR name of Dnipro, the city is still technically Dnipropetrovsk, because the Ukrainian parliament has yet to vote
7: on the approval of the name change. New police forces are now patrolling three additional Ukrainian towns. More than 140 officers are going to be working in Severodonetsk, Lysychansk and Rubizhne of Luhansk region. According to police headquarters, nearly 1,500 records apply to work in the region. Heading the newly formed Luhansk region patrol police force is a police lieutenant and an army veteran from Lviv.
6: May 18th marks the 72nd anniversary of the deportation of the Crimean Tatars. In 1944, around 200,000 people were forced to be taken away from their homes by the order of the Soviet leader Joseph Stalin. And today, this photo exhibition is dedicated to the victims of the communist repressions. The exhibition features 10 portraits of the Tatars who personally experienced the deportation. Their stories begin on the day the Soviet police broke into their homes. The communists accused them of cooperation with Nazi Germany, and in two days, almost all Tatars living on the peninsula were moved to Central Asia.
7: We published personal stories of 10 people who survived the deportation. They are the representation of the people, they bear the genetic code of the nation, so we wanted to tell this tragedy through their exact words. The organizers
6: of the exhibition read the stories of the Crimean Tatters out loud. They say they want to explain the full scale of this crime. Because even now, many Ukrainians either don't know or confuse the facts about the deportation.
8: And this is uh, more than just what it, it looks like. It's not just an exhibition. Because when you take the paper and read these stories in a few paragraphs, you feel that fear, that um, emotions that were felt by the people who survived from the deportation.
6: The Crimean Tatars say the communist-like repression still exists in today's Crimea, occupied by Russia. The peninsula is surrounded by fear and hatred. The so-called local authorities raid mosques and detain dozens of Muslims on a regular basis. In Majlis, the representative body of Crimean Tatars, is now considered an extremist organization.
0: The
1: Ukrainian government needs to approve bills aimed to dealing with the consequences of the deportation. Because this deportation is ongoing, people like Mustafa Dzemilev, Rafat Chubarov now Russia has banned them from entering Crimea. Russia is doing this to push out the Crimean Tatars from their homeland. I think they want to force the members of Majlis to give up their connections to the institution. Certainly deportation uh, of populations is is a very serious violation of human rights. And if you look in the Rome Statute of the International Criminal Court, you see that forcible expulsion of population from a territory uh, does constitute a crime. So that's the law of today,
6: and uh, back in 1944, uh, it was also considered a crime against humanity. In 2015, Ukrainian parliament recognized the deportation as a genocide. They have called on the United Nations to do the same. Remy and Tatar's hope joint efforts of the international community will stop the persecutions on the Russian-occupied peninsula. They will continue to organize events like this to bring the issue to the forefront.
8: A museum for all of the taken-down Soviet monuments. The statues and memorabilia that were removed from Kiev streets will now be stored at one of the lots at Zhuliany International Airport. Dmitro Belitserkivets, with the Kiev city administration, says since the reminders of the communist era were not damaged, it's only right to keep them in a museum-style facility. Therefore, Bila Cirkiewicz says Kyiv residents should follow by example of Poland and the Baltics, where the Soviet era monuments were moved to museums to educate people about the communist regime.
9: Association of Ukrainian business in Poland and the International Society of Polish Entrepreneurs in Ukraine have signed an agreement on cooperation in Warsaw. Russian aggression in Ukraine forced Ukrainian companies to seek new markets. That's why neighboring Poland is becoming more attractive for business.
1: The phenomenon of the last two years is that more and more Ukrainian companies transfer their assets to Poland or start production here. Moreover, they work not only in Poland, but also use it as a launching pad for entering the EU markets.
9: Ukrainian businessmen have brought many UADs to the International Forum the Day of Ukrainian Business in Warsaw.
1: Our company has been working in Poland for two years. We work in the fields of mechanical engineering, which is required in all sectors. Honestly, Polish companies can cope with the volume of orders, so it's an opportunity for Ukrainian business to be very well represented here.
9: Yaroslav Romanchuk helps Ukrainian businessmen to find their niche and develop business in Poland. He says that Ukrainian goods can be really competitive in the European markets.
1: Ukrainian businessmen are very active in IT sector, food and agriculture industry. Our agriculture products are in a high demand. What we haven't learned yet how to present and make them attractive. As my granny said about women who can prepare but cannot present a dish. And also small engineering and precision machining technology shouldn't be forgotten as attractive sectors also.
9: According to Romanchuk, the Polish businessmen in Ukraine have more experience than the Ukrainian businessmen in Poland. But they can share experience with each other. A European-style
5: half-marathon took place in the city of Dnipro over the weekend. Nearly one and a half thousand people participated in the race. Residents from nine countries ranging in age from 18 to well over 60. Even Ukrainian celebrities were on board to take part in the 21-kilometer half-marathon. Although 21 kilometers is the official distance of the Dnipro Half Marathon, not everyone was obligated to conquer it. Participants were given the option to choose to run either 10 kilometers or just two.
1: I always run a few times a week in Kiev. Here, I decided to run the full 21-kilometer race, at least to run over the longest bridges in our country.
5: Dnipro residents joined in on the festivities. People came out in hundreds to support the runners. Even the mayor's wife was among the runners, but he remained on the sidelines.
7: I think everyone is a winner here. The distance isn't easy to run. The bridge is tough, and the heat doesn't help either. 35-year-old city Oleksuk from the western Ukrainian city
5: of Lutsk claimed the first place among men. Oleksuk finished the Dnipro half-marathon in an hour and five minutes. This is not his first marathon. Previously, he ran distances up to 100 kilometers in Europe.
1: Honestly speaking, I came here to win. But in sports, start is not as important as the finish. So thanks to the positive atmosphere and defense, I managed to win the race.
5: Anna Pechko, a Dnipro local, took the first place among female runners. Pechko is a professional athlete, so the half-marathon was nothing new to get used to.
7: It was extremely difficult to run after the 15th kilometer. I had to fight myself, force my legs to run because in my head I was ready to give up. Somehow I have managed to win that fight and win the race. Dnipro
5: officials say the next half marathon will take place in spring of 2017. One of the most popular tourist areas in Ukraine is under threat. The small resort town of Kobleva
10: on the shores of the Black Sea is sounding an alarm. The sea is slowly creeping out of its banks, causing major concern for businesses and residences along its coastline. Locals say this beach disappeared during the winter storms, and now the buildings are standing extremely close to the water.
1: The waves were really strong. The water washed everything off up until there.
10: Koblewe officials claim they are trying to figure out ways to protect what's left. The beach territory was increased by moving several buildings back. Although most of the shoreline remains fairly at the same level, ecologists say the Black Sea waters are steadily swallowing the sand near Koblewe.
6: The beaches are almost destroyed because the configuration was changed. We need to stop digging for sand and stop building things. The town
10: administration supports the efforts to build levees or dams. They say they are currently in
8: the process of raising funds for construction. Solar energy is gaining popularity when it comes to heating buildings in Ukraine. In the town of Chernefti, water at one of local nursery schools gets warmed up with the help of sun's rays. Children who attend this preschool love to play in the pool. The water here is always warm thanks to one of the panels that were installed here last year. The environmentally friendly heating was purchased with financial help of the European Fund. There are several swimming lessons here during the day, and after school hours, see swimming competitions for teens and adults. This is the only press school with a swimming pool in Chernivtsi. In the past, swimming classes and games could only take place during the heating season. But now, with the installation of the solar panel, the activities take place here all year long.
10: The water runs from above, gets heated right here. From there it
8: flows into the pool and showers.
10: If there is too much
8: hot water, it gets used in the kitchen. The solar panels cost over 30,000 US dollars. Half of the price was covered by local authorities. The other half was granted as part of an energy-saving project financed by the German government.
6: The panel was installed about half a year ago, and now we can see real results when it comes to its usage. Currently, we've saved about $6,000.
8: The major added, Chernivtsi city administration plans to restructure heating systems in more than 30 schools and preschools across the
7: city.
1: Mass production of electric cars is still in the future of Ukraine, but it may be sooner than we think. Several car model manufacturers and designers can now proudly say they have created the first made-in-Ukraine electric vehicle. The car is composed out of mostly Ukrainian manufactured parts. The creators say the idea behind the vehicle was spontaneous, while on a trip to Monaco they found out that this small country doesn't have its own taxi service. Monaco
6: is an innovative country, most of the cars there are electric, even the corporate and city ones, and that country is considered luxury as well. When we found out the taxis come from France, we decided to pitch an idea for an electric car, and here we are. All of
1: the parts, including the engine and its components, were made in Ukraine. The battery, though, is made in China. If this car goes into mass manufacturing, then the battery will be different, depending on the needs and standards of the country the car is being shipped to. For now, the vehicle can only travel at a speed of about 70 km per hour. There is hope that with more innovation that number will change. Monaco has yet to sign any paperwork with the creators of this electric car, but there are plans to travel through 25 European cities and find more investors in the upcoming month.
7: A romantic site to visit. Open-air museum in the city of Dnipro is a destination for those already in love and the ones hoping to be. All the exhibits here are dedicated to romance. Non-sculptures created by up-and-coming artists from across Ukraine. The stone here should have been from Crimea, but since Russia is currently occupying the peninsula, the sculptors had to find the supplies elsewhere. The museum staff say the art here will most certainly inspire people to find out more about culture and history.
5: Graduates at one of Kharkiv's high schools will not have a typical prom this year. Instead of spending money on a lavish party with fancy dresses and limos, the students will donate the funds to help children suffering from heart disease. The grade 11 students are following a three-year tradition at their school. The principal there says it's crucial for young people to understand that there are more important things in life than expensive clothes.
1: The money doesn't really come from the kids, it comes from the parents. That's why we don't just go to the kids directly, but also talk to the parents and explain to them how important it is to donate to a good cause.
5: The graduates say they still plan to hold a small quiet party wearing regular clothes.
8: There are going to be plenty of holidays ahead. When we saw the kids that are sick, well, we feel sorry for them and thoughts about buying a dress don't really come to your mind at that point. To save a life is much more important.
5: This year there will be 36 graduates at the school. To date, they raised about 7,000 U.S. dollars. But they say the amount will keep growing up until graduation day since a lot of other students and parents are donating to the cause as well. A story that will make you believe in love. This couple is just as happy together now as they were 65 years ago. And the Alexas aren't afraid to share their secrets to a long-lasting relationship. Mr. Ivan Alexa brings his wife flowers every day. He says it's important to make Maria smile. The flowers grow in the garden that he tends to himself. The secret is to wake up before the wife does. That way she gets her beauty sleep and he looks after the plants.
1: I wake up early, have to check everything. Every apple tree, every flower that's growing there. I love it.
5: Aside from gifting a bouquet of fresh flowers, flowers every day, Ivan shares another secret to a happy marriage – dancing. He and his wife love to dance everything from waltz to polka. They say they've danced at least 100 weddings together, but they both admit they went through difficult times too. The key is finding a
7: compromise. There is nothing to complain about. We've had our tough times, but overcame them. Maria
5: and Ivan's children say their parents always managed to find a solution to any problem without having to argue with each other. In just a few months, the couple will celebrate their 65th marriage anniversary. Both of them say it will be a celebration of six and a half decades of happiness. A staple in the Ukrainian cuisine, varanike, otherwise known as the pierogies in the Western world, are front and center this weekend in the city of Pryluky, located in Chernihiv region of Ukraine. This is where a festival that showcases the dumplings in all their glory takes place every year. One of the biggest streets in Preluke turns into Varanike Boulevard during the time of the event. The festival is not only about the food, music, dance and even plays are also a vital part of this annual tradition. However, tasting Varanike is why most people come here. This national Ukrainian dish comes in a variety of flavors, from savory, filled with cottage cheese and potatoes, to sweet, fillings of cherries and apples. Preluke mayor says Varanike here are truly special. They're delicious. Cheese, mushrooms, potatoes, whatever the flavor. They're tasty because they're made with love. One of the highlights of the event is the Veranica eating contest. Each contestant has to eat 10 dumplings in record time. This year's winner says she didn't expect to win, but was happy to enjoy a great meal. Organizers say
0: no one was left hungry after the festival. And with that, we've come to the end of this week's Ukraine News Roundup for this edition of Nash Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. To hear more news from Ukraine Today, check all of this week's editions of Holos at www.nasholos.com. And for their full roster of breaking stories, as well as interviews, press reviews, and in-depth analysis on Ukraine, follow Ukraine Today on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and their live blog, uatoday.tv. Visluhate Radio Pradamo Nash Holos Radio Greenscoho Corinya. Kutrapodeam na C H L Y Odan Nul Odan Sim FM umisti Nanaimo. Hovorich Pavlina. Visluhate Radio Peridaciu Nash Holos Radio Greenscoho Corinha. Nachwelli C H L Y Odanzero Odan Sim FM Umisti Nanaimo. Primicrophony Pavlina. now a special feature courtesy ukraine today ukraine's first english language tv and news channel the following is one of a series of features exploring pressing issues in today's ukraine
11: Hello and welcome to Ukraine Today. My name is Vladimir Solohub. Just last week a jury trial in the Russian court in Chechnya found two Ukrainian citizens, Mr. Karpuk and guilty. And this is the most recent case of sentencing Ukrainian citizens in Russia on politically motivated charges. Join me now to discuss The most recent developments in these cases is the coordinator of Let My People Go campaign, Ms. Maria Tomak. Mr. Tomak, welcome back to Ukraine today. Hello. So, Ms. Tomak, apart from the most famous case of Nadia Savchenko, which everybody is uh, most likely following, there is a number of other Ukrainian uh, Ukrainian citizens who are being tried in Russia and who have been found guilty uh, in Russia on politically motivated cases, uh, grounds. So, can you tell us what is the latest on that?
12: uh i can say that uh, partly these ukrainian citizens are situated in russian federation but some of them are in the occupied crimea and all of those people who are in russian federation they actually got their sentences uh, almost all of them i mean all of them but in karfuk and klesh case we um, at the moment we have no idea about the uh, number of years which will they get uh, by uh, by the judge uh, but uh, as of those who are in crimea uh, uh, they are now on this all of these cases are now on the stage of uh, pre-trial uh, investigation and one of the cases which is uh, the so-called um, muslims case crimean muslims case uh, it's now transferred to a uh, Russian court in Rostov-Andon, where, by the way, and uh, Kolchenko, famous political prisoners, uh, were also judged. Uh, so uh, now this uh, case uh, is in the court, but uh, those um, Crimean Tatars who are charged of being terrorists, they are situated now in Simferopol, in the federal detention te- uh, center, and the connection between the court and the, um, those who are accused of being terrorists is by video conference.
11: Uh, Mr. Mark, well, this, this case of um, uh, Mr. was also uh, quite famous. Uh, first of all, um, the Russian um, uh, prosecutor tried to involve uh, the former Ukrainian prime minister, uh, Mr. Yatsenyuk, as uh, one of the co-defendants. Uh, secondly, they're accused of participating in the Chechen war back in the 90s. And um, there was a, a number of threats to the relatives of these of these prisoners. So what what is happening with this case? Because um, there were reports uh, just last week that um, the the, the threats to the relatives, they continued. Is this the case?
12: Um, I wouldn't say that uh, this case is famous, unfortunately. Uh, Savchenko case is famous. Uh, Sinsov case is comparatively famous, but but this one is not, unfortunately. Although I would say that probably this case is the most brutal. uh, Because of, first of all, because of... uh, uh, the, the case is totally falsified it's just made up and uh, the second reason is because of the level of the human rights violations against Ukrainian citizens which they faced uh, starting with awful tortures in human degrading treatment and uh, uh, they were not uh, led to see Ukrainian consular for more than half a year for example and um, that there, there are lots of uh, the violations um, and um, there is no Gracias. At the moment, uh, I cannot see the threats for the relatives uh, because they are not there. Um, uh, the relatives, which were uh, witnessing in the court, they back got back to Ukraine uh, safely uh, thanks to Ukrainian consular in uh, Rostov-on-Don. Uh, but still, there is a, uh, there is a threat for uh, Karpiuk and Klik themselves uh, because uh, we all understand that Chechnya is not the safest place, even even in Russia, um, and um, of course. The the second uh, thing, which is very important, is that Klích, Stanislav Klích, he has the uh, mental uh, problems with his mental health uh, because of all those tortures which were used against him. He was tortured for more than two months. Just imagine that, with all kind of tortures which you can imagine, starting with uh, electric current, uh, electrical current, and uh, uh, even medicines were used against against him.
11: Was this all being done to get the? confession out of them?
12: Yes, exactly, to get the confession against themselves, against each other, against uh, such persons as you mentioned, like Yatsenyuk. It's not only Yatsenyuk, but other uh, Ukrainian political
11: um persons who are famous as politicians are also in this case Mr. Monk, but if we're talking generally about all these cases the fact that uh, they were found guilty similarly as with Savchenko, this is a good development for for for, for, for the ukrainians because um, only after the uh, the the court fine, the russian court found guilty the possible negotiations of the release or extradition or exchange could could, could begin. Is that the case? Uh,
12: actually, we were hoping in this case, since we're dealing here with the jury, we were hoping that this jury will be independent and that they will take the independent decision. Uh, but they did not. Uh, probably we, uh, we, uh, we um, think that probably they were threatened, uh, that there were some uh, attempts to influence them, and probably they were successful. Uh, actually so um, it it is actually the only case where uh, we went managed to get the jury so that's why we were hoping that's why we were dealing very closely with the evidence uh, gathering the evidences and we looked for those who can confirm the alibi of Karpuk and Klich but that was not very successful I would say but still uh, now we, we as for me it's the only a way, which, uh, which is the most, um, uh, the right way is to help the negotiations between Ukrainian and Russian sides, and to get them back via the political uh, political negotiations.
11: So, can we talk a little bit about that, Mr. Mark? Uh, now that the uh, the cases in the first in in the court of first instance have been have been decided, have been resolved, uh, apart from uh, Karpukh and Click where the the exact sentencing is still pending, is. Has, has something been started on the Ukrainian side? Have the negotiations been initiated between Ukrainian government and the government of Russia to get these people back? Uh,
12: this is something which we try now to uh, deliver this idea to Ukrainian officials because there is no uh, one coordination center which would help the negotiations about all of Ukrainian prisoners in the Russian Federation and Crimea. Uh, unfortunately, it's not right because, of course, there is a Ukrainian Ministry of Foreign Affairs which do lots of things regarding this, um, helping uh, these Ukrainian citizens, but still uh, there is no one center which would help these negotiations. And that's why, uh, for example, recently we um, got to know that uh, Afanasyev, Yunady Afanasyev from the so-called Sinsov group and Yuri Soloshenko, um, 73 years old spy, um, he, they were were uh, transferred from their colonies uh, to Moscow, to uh, Lefortovo, it's the Pretrial Detention Center of FSB, uh, so, and uh, the problem is that we have no idea what is going on there, why they were transferred there, whether there are any political agreements that they will be transferred to
11: Ukraine, that they will be exchanged to someone here in Ukraine. So, are you, uh, Mr. Ron, are you saying that right now uh, various Ukrainian government agencies are dealing with this? Or nobody is doing anything.
12: Uh, as it often happens in Ukraine, everyone is doing something, but there is no coordination. And what is most important, there is no the person who is responsible for something. Nobody wants to take the responsibility, because it's the serious case. It's the people's life. It's a very high political price of all these people. It's not even those who are held by the so-called LPR and DPR. It's more serious so that's why it's very it's the question who will be responsible for that uh, we would like to, to do that but we have no access to those who can be exchanged and transferred to Russia unfortunately it's not our case but
11: if somebody needs our help we're ready to to, to assist but what what, what kind of um, what kind of actions you would expect from the Ukraine government except for uh, establishing this one coordination center for exchange of, of prisoners or uh, release of, of, of prisoners what 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 they have to do because uh, in order to exchange Ukraine needs to offer something to Russia and apart from the two special FSB officers Ukraine doesn't seem to have anyone high-profile.
12: I'm not sure that we don't have. Probably we have someone else. Uh, the case of Fugereu officers is the most famous, but I'm sure that I'm sure that we have someone else uh, in Ukrainian uh, prisons or cells or pretrial detention centers who might be interesting for Russia. But I, I, I have no um, concrete information on that. But apart from these negotiations, the center should or the person responsible for that. I, I don't claim that that should be a formal it it can be non-formal center so uh, that person or or center should should take care of uh, all of those people who are held in Crimea Uh, since Ministry of Foreign Affairs uh, they say that they are not responsible so much for Crimea because of course Crimea is Ukraine so uh, they cannot provide the consular uh, assistance and um, uh, to to support these people Uh, I mean the relatives for example of Crimean Tatars and not only Crimean Tatars who are held uh, in captivity, uh, basically, in Crimea. So they need the simple uh, attention from the side of Ukraine. It's a very simple thing, but they don't feel it. Nobody is, is your
11: initiative doing something to convey this message to the Ukrainian government? And if so, who are you talking to? Who are you convincing to set up this? nation center and who are you offering to take up this job
12: uh, we are offering to different uh, people in uh, different um, institutions uh, I'm not sure that I can say that because it's I mean it's not the official meetings but we uh, are passing the signals uh, things to also to media and like like yeah, like you thank you for that uh, so uh, it's just a very simple thing but that should be done and uh, um, uh, now the all the support, for example, to Crimea and those who, held, who are held in Crimea goes from the civil society representatives, but, but that is not enough. If Ukrainian government claims that Crimea is Ukraine, that means that we have to pass the signal that Crimea is Ukraine and all of those who are illegally detained in Crimea should be supported by uh, Ukrainian government and by the president himself uh, through he, his representatives.
11: What about the prisoners in Russia? Who in Europe opinion should take charge in that
12: Ukrainian Minister foreign affairs is taking charge of that and I wouldn't say that they don't do their job I I would say that they do but now is the moment as you said we have all the sentences. Uh, so now the moment where very concrete negotiations should start and very concrete person should be, or the institution or whatever, should be responsible for that.
11: Well it looks like some uh, very complex issue here, Mr. Matt, many thanks for finding the time to come and talk to us and um, shed some light on this very delicate issue. We were discussing the fate of Ukrainian political prisoners in Russia as well as in Crimea with the coordinator of Let My People Go campaign, Ms. Maria Tomak. I'm Vladimir Ukraine Today.
0: This has been a special feature courtesy Ukraine's first English-language TV and news channel, Ukraine Today. To hear more from Ukraine Today, check all of this week's editions of Holos at www.nasholos.com. And for their full roster of breaking stories, as well as interviews, press reviews, and in-depth analysis on Ukraine, follow Ukraine Today on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and their live blog, UAToday.tv. Here's what's happening this week in Central Vancouver Island's Ukrainian community. This Friday, enjoy a pierogi supper at St. Mary's Ukrainian Orthodox Parish in Parksville. Get your fill of pierogies, kubasa, and great Ukrainian hospitality. Doors are open from 5 to 7 p.m. Father Chad publication and the parishioners of St. Mary's Ukrainian Orthodox Church in Parksville invite you to join them for services Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. And from, uh, sun, from noon till 1 p.m. on Sundays, you can stock up on homemade pierogies and pies. St. Mary's Ukrainian Orthodox Church is located in Parksville at 594 Carlsway, online at ca. Father Theo Machinsky and the parishioners of Saint Michael's Ukrainian Catholic Church in Nanaimo invite you to Divine Liturgy every Saturday at eleven AM and Sunday at six PM in English. Saint Michael's Ukrainian Catholic Church is located at four zero one seven Victoria Avenue in Nanaimo. For rentals, pierogi sales and more information, call two five zero seven five eight four seven one four. The Visnay Ukrainian Dancers will hold their year end concert on Sunday, January June. June 5th at uh, Malaspina Theatre in Vancouver and uh, VIU Campus. Showtime is 2 p.m. Doors are open at one thirty. Tickets are $10 for 12 and up, $5 for children ages 6 to 11, and free for children 5 and under. For more information, you can visit them on their Facebook page, Visna Dancers Nanaimo. And on Monday, May 30th in Uh, honor of the 125th anniversary of Ukrainian settlement in Canada in Victoria. There will be a concert of Ukrainian classical music that will be taking place at 7 p.m. at the Victoria Conservatory of Music, 900 Johnson Street in Victoria. Tickets are $15. You can purchase them at the Conservatory as well as the Ukrainian Cultural Center at 3277 Douglas Street in Victoria. On Saturdays at 6 p.m., tune in to the Vancouver edition of Nash Holos on AM 1320 and online at am1320.com. As well, the international edition airs on AM, FM and shortwave radio in over 20 countries on the PCJ radio network. You can get the podcast at the Nash Hollis website, www.nashholos.com. And here in Nanaimo, Nasholis Ukrainian Roots Radio broadcasts live every Wednesday to the north and central Vancouver Island, Gulf Island, Sunshine Coast, northwest Washington State, and greater Vancouver listening areas. So at 11 a.m. every Wednesday, please join me, Pavlina, for the best in Ukrainian news, folklore, and music, and Oksana at 12 noon at CHLY 101.7 FM on the radio dial and streaming online at chly.ca. In between broad- broadcasts, please make sure to follow Nash Holos, Oksana and me on Facebook and Twitter, and for audio archives, transcripts, podcast feeds, and more, visit our website at www.nashholos.com. Now we just program. Tam <laughs> Buvaya. And our proverb of the week translates as where there is no harmony, there are all kinds of evil. Well, that about wraps it up for another edition for me of Nosh Ukrainian Roots Radio. Oksana will be with us shortly, so stay tuned. Don't change that radio dial. Meanwhile, join me again next Wednesday at 11 a.m. And until then, please stay in touch with Exxon and me on Facebook and Twitter. And do visit us at www.nashholos.com. Stay tuned next for Oksana, followed by World Beat Canada with Vancouver's Cal Code at 1 o'clock and at 2 p.m. Jukebox Oldies with our own Bobby B. Cool. So on behalf of all of us here at Nasholas and CHLY 101.7 FM, I'm Paulina. Thanks so much for listening. Stay tuned next for Oksana. And from me, until next time, dofabachenya.